welcome to the Crossroads Community Church Podcast. We exist to be a life-giving church in our community that helps people know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and go make a difference. Here you will find weekly sermons and teachings from our Sunday services. Let's dive into this week's message. Welcome everybody and excited to be with you today. Today we're going to be looking at a very, very powerful subject. Uh, it's the concept that all of us have dealt with in our own lives. I don't know about you, but for me, there are so many times that I've made a choice and I had no idea the gravity of that choice that I was making. I'm so thankful that I asked a lady named Amy Lou to go on a date and now how much that's impacted my life. There's been other times in my life where there'd be schooling or friends or things that I was doing. Something as simple as even trying to jump a dirt bike that later on I went, wow, that that may not have been a real good choice. But there's choices that we make and there's choices in this life and it affects more than just us. And today we just want to look at that, like the choices and that they matter. So join us today in an episode called Choices. Well, today I want to talk about something that I think probably impacts this more than anything. And it's one simple word, Choices. I don't know if any of us, until after we've made a choice, ever realize the gravity of choices. Like choices, even choices that other people make in your life, there's a a cause and effect. We watch it throughout all of the world and different things in history. I get intrigued with that. Now, I'm not telling you that to give you this amazing pressure to be like, oh, this is awesome. Like, everything I do is going to affect everything that I do, and then some, like, oh my gosh, I'm going to currently live in fear. That's not what today's about. But what I am wanting you to know is, listen, your choices affect so many other people than just yourself. They affect so many other things than just your present day, and your choices will outlive your life more than the life that you live. In fact, Galatians puts it this way. Galatians chapter 6, one simple verse, verse 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows by the Spirit or to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. You say, Mickey, why do you share that? Because I want you to know that your choices matter. Like God literally, he uses the New Testament. This is Paul talking to the church in Galatia. And he's talking about the aspect that what you choose to sow, that's what's going to reap in your life. And I get so tickled with how many people, and, and I'm talking to me. I'm not talking to you. This is preaching to myself today. How we get so caught up in thinking that one decision for Christ will change eternity, yes, for us, but then we don't worry about anybody else. And we know that by the way that we live our lives, by the things that we sow into our lives, through the decisions that we make in our lives. Like what I want us to to kind of think about today is what things do we need to look at, choices that need to be made that are essential, that are gonna outlive us in this life. And I believe there's three. I believe there's three simple things that I wanna give you as we jump around God's word, and then we're gonna end in Deuteronomy chapter 30. But three choices, three things that today you need to decide. And I believe they impact every single 
thing in your life, in your children's life, in your friend's life, in your employment environment life. Like, I don't know of anywhere you go that these three particular things are not influencing you and influencing the other people around you. So if you're taking notes, write this down. The first question I think you have to ask, three things that are essential when it comes to choices. The first thing that you have to ask, who are you going to trust? When it comes to your life, who are you going to trust? I believe trust is something that has changed so much in my lifetime. Now, I don't mean that to get up here and sound like the old guy, you know, like, oh, well, back in my day, we used to walk to school uphill both ways barefoot. That's not what I'm talking about. But the aspect of trust has really become really misconstrued because, because number one, you, you lack relationships. You know, all you got to do is go to, go to a restaurant with your spouse and look at everybody in the restaurant, and they're all on a date. I don't know if you've seen them. It looks like this. And then they show up in my office, and they're like, I don't know why we're struggling, Pastor. We need to have a little bit of counseling. And I was like, no, you don't need to have counseling. You need to put your phone down, which you need to do, and notice what's across the table from you. But it's one of those things that, that the trust ends up being scorned a little bit. It gets a little bit missing. And the biggest reason why is because there's things that we used to always trust, right? Like, boy, I'm fixing to hit a hot topic, and I'm going to be real careful here. We used to think that you could go to school, and you never had to worry about what was going to be taught because you trust the school. We used to think that the government, we, you know, in God we trust. And so you could trust your government and the people you elected, and they would stand up for you, and they would do the things that were for the people, not for themselves. And, I mean, you just never thought about it. As a kid, I never, like, we were worried about Red Dawn. We were worried about, you know, like, the, the Cold War. Like, we were worried about a country that was across the ocean from us. We were not consumed with our own homeland because you trusted it. We weren't worried about people flying airplanes into buildings. We weren't worried about, you know, a handshake was good. Hey, would you like to buy this car? Sure. Okay, well, I'll bring you the money. Okay, good. Deal. You weren't worried about it. It's one of those things like, well, it's going to take me a little while. Okay, I understand. What do you want me to wait? No, you go ahead and take it. I mean, it's just sitting here. You go ahead and use it, and as you get the money, bring it to me. Because your word meant something. You, you trusted each other. Now you turn around and get ready to buy something, and it's like, you know, hey, I, you, know, you, you just want to just have a little bit of a swap thing, something simple, and it's like you've got 10 pages of signing everything, you know? And, and you're going to buy a house, and people are like, well, wait a minute, you need to put down some earnest money first. And it's like, why did I go put down earnest? Well, because you can't back out on me on this. He's like, well, I told you I was going to buy it. Well, I know, but, but I don't want you to back out. Why? Because people lack trust. And I think one of the reasons why is because people lack trust because they're trying to trust all the wrong things. And rather than me talk about that, I'll tell you what God's Word says. I've told you this before. If there was one book in the Bible, I'd tell you to go learn, memorize, study it, day and night. It's Proverbs chapter 3. And in two amazing verses that all of us have heard, that gives you the aspect of trust. Chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding." The first part, when you ask yourself, okay, essential. These things are essential. When it comes to this, this rope, when it comes to my small part of life, who am I going to trust? And I'm going to tell you, 
without even apologizing, you better first trust in the Lord and you better do it with all your heart. Not just a little bit. Not just to like, ooh, that's scary, I don't wanna go to hell, let me say a prayer. Like that's not all your heart. That's praying a prayer because of all of eternity. You're like, like I... Like, like, God, I want you to be my Savior, but you ain't, ain't going to be my Lord. Like, I want you to be my Savior, and I'm thankful that I'm not going to spend eternity in hell because I had a confession in my mouth and a belief in my heart that you died on the cross and you rose on the third day. But I'm not going to love you, and I'm not going to let what your word says govern my life. I'm going to do what I want to do. Well, that's the second part of this verse. And lean not on your own understanding. See, I've said this before, and I hope that you'll hear me very politely on this. When it comes to your understanding, your understanding's probably a lot like my understanding. Here's the way my understanding works. I am 100%, I mean, I'm batting a 1,000. I've been a part of every one of my poor choices. Like, I got amazing understanding. At age 49, I can tell you exactly what not to do. You say, well, how do you know that? Because either I've done it or I've watched somebody that's done it. And like, you know, you really don't need to do that. I've called people willing to bet the farm on the fact that my car's messed up and it ain't the battery. And talking to somebody that's a mechanic. And I'm like, dude, let me tell you something. Here's, the, here's what I'm, I'm positive of. And I appreciate you coming to help me, but just to help save a little bit of time, I'm 100% sure it's not the battery. I'll give you two guesses what it was. It was the doggone battery. It's almost as bad as replacing the fuel pump and all these other things in your truck just to find out you were out of gas. <laughs> like, like you can't lean on your own understanding. Why? Because you don't know everything. And so he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. And then there's this amazing part. And in all your ways, acknowledge me. See, a part of trust is the aspect of who's going to get credit. And you can always tell the people that trust things because of, of who gets the credit. You've seen this, right? We're in the middle of college football. Two weeks ago, a lot of people wearing that orange, man, we're we going to make the playoff. We are great. Now, everybody, we're going to be six and six. I'm just praying we make a ball game. Why? Because they had one loss. He's like, no, you don't understand. It's what I'm seeing. Well, I get you. But we don't know. And everybody that's doubting it, if something happens and they end up doing pretty well, we go, I never doubted it the whole time. I knew I could trust in them, right? <laughs> I mean, it's just one of those things. You cannot lean on your own understanding. And then when things are working out, you got to make sure that you're not the one taking all the credit. Those two areas are going to affect the things that you trust. And it's going to affect the aspect of what's essential. In this life, it is vitally important that you trust the right thing first. And again, I know that there are people that'll say 50 million things, but I'm just gonna encourage you. I, can I tell you from a perspective of somebody that's seen a whole, whole, whole lot of things? I don't think of myself as blessed. I don't think of myself as all-knowing. I don't think of myself like I am the least of these. The only thing that I have seen in the last 30 years of ministry is I've seen people. 
and I've seen people's lives, and I've walked with people in their lives, and I've watched God do some amazing things, and I've watched difficult situations, and I've seen the mountaintops, and I've also seen the valleys. And let me tell you, from my experience, not that it's greater than yours, but from my experience, seeing things that most people never see, here's the one thing that I can promise you. You can trust the Lord. More than you can trust yourself. More than you can trust the people in your life. In fact, depending on how you trust the Lord will dictate how you trust other people. See, I, I think that's one of the issues. This is a rabbit trail, so I apologize. But one of the issues in today's church is, is we trust people based on how we trust the Lord. And because we're skeptical that he's going to do the things that he says he's going to do, then we're skeptical of people that they're going to do the things they do. And then when people let us down, then we turn and go, well, yeah, that's the reason why I don't trust God either. And we don't realize that faith is what? The hope of the things not seen. And so the first step to this essential is that we've got to make a choice in what we're going to trust. The second thing, the second thing, not only you got to figure out what you're going to trust, but number two, you got to figure out what are you going to serve? Everybody serves something. You can determine what you serve by what you spend the most time with, what you spend the most time thinking on, what you spend the most time with your resources on. Like the things that you serve will be the things that occupy your mind and your life. And you have to determine. It's essential that not only do you determine what you're going to trust, but you determine what you're going to serve. One of the most quoted verses, uh, it's not really quoted. Let me rephrase that. One of the most used verses, because they go over to people's houses, and, and it's almost like a trend, like, hey, I bought a house, and I love Jesus. So when you walk in the door, they want to put up there in their big calligraphy font or whatever it is and however they do that, and they want to put what? As for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. It comes right out of Joshua. And it's a great concept. But most of the time, people don't really understand what's going on. See, Joshua, it comes out of the book of Joshua towards the end, and he's literally, he's, he's getting ready to die. And at the beginning of Joshua, he's been anointed as the leader of his people, and God tells him in chapter 1, wherever the sole of your feet, wherever the sole of your foot touches, you will occupy that land. And everybody's like, woohoo, yeah, that's what I want in my life. But then he turns around and goes and fights 39 kings. Two things that tells you. Number one, God does stick to his promises. But number two, he never said it's going to be easy. Like sometimes you're going to have to battle some stuff. To get what God has for you, it's not just butterflies and rainbows. Sometimes you're going to have to defeat some things. But the other concept that's there is he's literally talking to them and he gathers the people and he's literally talking to them, and I'm going to read it right out of God's Word. It's in Joshua, I'm sorry, 24, verse 15. And, and if I read verse 14, you won't see it on the screen, he's literally telling them all the things that they've seen and how God has provided. And then he says in verse 15 of chapter 24, And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve. So in other words, he's saying, listen, I, I'm not telling you have to serve God. Or Jesus, if you, if you think it's evil, that's your decision. But you got to make a choice. You got to make a choice in what you're going to serve. 
And then he keeps going. He says, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your father served in the reason beyond the river or the God of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, which that's, that's really a cool phrase. I don't have time to dwell in that. But he's basically like, hey, if you want to serve the God of the Amorites, like the ones that we killed, the ones that we overcame, like where you're standing right now, if that's the God you want to worship that was so great that he no longer exists because we wiped out his people, hey, go ahead, serve those people. That's what he was saying. And then he made that phrase that everybody uses in their house. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. If you have a paper Bible, underline the word will. Why? Because it lets you know there's a choice. See, notice I'm not up here talking about how God's, he's predestined everything. No, you, you have a choice. You have a choice in who you're going to trust, and you have a choice in who you're going to serve. You say, well, Pastor Mickey, theologically, let's talk about this for a minute. I mean, do you believe God's omnipotent? Yes. He knows everything. Omnipresent? Yes. So you think he knows all the things and set things up? Yes. But here's the issue. You're trying to describe God using earthly language. And so you believe that God knowing everything means that he's rigged everything. But that's not the way it works. See, what makes God God and so powerful is that he can know every single thing but still give you the ability to choose the path in which you go. If we go back to Proverbs chapter 3, that's the reason why God said, if you will trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your understandings and acknowledge me in all your ways, then he will make your path straight. You know why he will make your path straight? Because you will make it crooked. There's a way that seems right to man, but in the end it leads to destruction. So if you want to talk about your choices, you want to talk about what you're going to trust, if you want to say, well, no, I can handle this, like I, I make pretty good decisions, I mean, it's one of those things, I mean, it's, it's one of those things, that it's constantly in our minds, right? I literally have talked to people recently that have had issues with certain things in their life, and they said, I've been battling this for six years, but I'm closer now than I've ever been. I just need you to pray for me. And I want to sit there and go, have you not realized that you can't beat this by yourself? Like, it's been six years. Like, maybe it's time for you to stop battling, trying to win it, and realize that God's provided a way for you to have relief, and it doesn't come through your own abilities. It comes through God and God using his people. That's why you're so powerful called his church. But you need to understand. You have to understand, what am I going to trust and who am I going to serve? One more quick rabbit trail. If the only person that benefits at the end of the day is yourself, then you're serving yourself. If the only person at the end of your life when you retire that has an amazing life is you, then you've served yourself. If when you pass on and you run into eternity, though you may have a right relationship with Christ and spend forever in heaven, the legacy that you live behind, if it dies with you, then you've served yourself. See, here's where it gets a little bit tricky. You can trust in the Lord and still serve yourself. We call that grace. You say, well, Mickey, what happens if I trust in the Lord and I serve God? Oh, we call those blessings. 
The question is, do you always want to fall at the foot of his grace, or do you want to live in his blessings? Because his blessings is always preceded by obedience. So number one, who are you going to trust? It's essential. It's a choice. Number two, who are you going to serve? It's essential. And then the last one, which is really the X factor to, to me, the first two. You got to decide. You got to make a choice. I literally told an amazing young lady this today in Growth Track. Who are you going to walk with? Who are you going to walk with? Can I read for you Proverbs? Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20. The wisest man that ever lived, King Solomon. You want to talk about choices? God can make right any choice. King Solomon was the child of David and Bathsheba. If you don't know how that relationship started, read your Bible or Google it. All right? But there still was a way that God used the restoration, the ability. Now that's King Solomon. And when he asked King Solomon, I'll give you whatever you want, he says, give me wisdom. So the wisest man that ever lived, here's what he says. Listen. Chapter 13, verse 20. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. One of the phrases I say on a regular basis, it's crucial, it's essential, it's a choice. Listen to me. Your friends will determine the direction and quality of your life. I'm going to talk, students, look at me, eyeball to eyeball right now. I think every one of you is awesome. You say, what's the difference in where you're sitting and where I'm standing? Choices. And the first choice is who you're going to run with. Tony Evans did an amazing illustration talking about an eagle that was running around plucking at the ground. Why? Because all he was doing was running with chickens. He didn't realize he had the ability to soar above the clouds and do things that nobody else could ever do. Why? Because you're going to associate with who you run with. And that's not belittling people. God has called us to love people to be a hope for people, to take the love of Christ to people. I remember people saying, well, pastor, I'll tell you, this is back in the day. This is several years ago. And I heard somebody say, well, I'll tell you, one of the things I messed up at is we started focusing more on the church, and I took the people out of the church rather than going to the bars to, to help talk to people and hang out with people and rescue people. Listen to me. I think we go everywhere God opens a door, but listen to me very carefully. You're a fool if you think you can stay there all the time and not become like them. You are blinded. If you think you can run around, boy, I'm going to hit a real hard button. Sometimes our family, we love them, but because of our Christ and who he's called us to, we have to be careful and set up boundaries. Because sometimes we have family members that they have a disease, it's called addiction. And you know what? We love them. We help them. We reach out for them. But you know what I'm not doing? I'm not taking my grandkids over there to stay two weeks. I'm not taking my babies over there and be like, hey, we just going like, to, like you got to be careful. The people that you run with, the people that you walk with, they will determine more about your choices than you realize. Those three choices will determine a whole lot of what's essential. Like, if I had to encourage you, 
with all the love in my heart, I'd say decide today who you're going to trust and who gets the credit. Decide today who you're going to serve. And then don't ever back off of that. Side note, one of the things I love about serving the Lord is you can do it in every single thing that you do. You say, well, I can't in this situation, then you probably don't need to be in that situation. It's a litmus test. If you're being asked to do something and you can't serve the Lord through doing that, then that's a good reason why you probably don't need to be doing it. Because you serve the Lord. No matter what it is. And then I gotta get with some people. They're going in the same direction that I'm going, and they're gonna be wise. I can't walk around with fools and expect myself not to start acting like a fool. You say, Mickey, do things break around your house? Yes, they do. Do you have the ability to be a really good mechanic and fix stuff? No, I do not. Have I gotten better over the years? Yes, I have. Why? Because like most of you, I was in a situation when something broke. I couldn't pay people to fix it, so I had to figure it out. And you know the first thing I realized? Is that was a real good time to know somebody that knows what they're doing. I had a man tell me one time, he said, well, Mickey, don't be intimidated because you can't break broke. Don't disagree, but you can make it unfixable. <laughs> like there's broke, and then there's broke. <laughs> like, like, like this is in the, this is in the front yard broke. <laughs> and it's important to get some people that get around you that are not like you, that have different strengths, that can expand where you are and help you in areas. The easiest example I can think about, and I joke around about this because I joke around because I'm so excited about it. Like, like we've had several babies here recently, and we still got more babies to come. And we got weddings coming up. It's October. We got weddings, it seems like, every weekend. Like, like everybody's getting married, and then after they get married, they're, they're getting pregnant, having kids. It's just it's an amazing time. And when I look around this room, and I look at all the different things that sit in this room and the different stages we are in life in the little small part, right, the black part, one of the things I would tell you is, is for you guys that are expecting a child or have a brand new child, I want to let you know, there are some amazing moms and dads that have already walked through it. I'd encourage you to get with them. For some of you that are just now getting married, listen, there are some amazing married couples in this room. I would encourage you to get with them. And now for all you guys that are in my situation that's had five kids and been married for 26 years, you're like, well, what do we do? We need to get with them. Why? Because it'll rekindle the fire. Because the older we get, we start taking for granted what's always there. And to get around that young love and get around that excitement and get around the reason why you stopped having kids. I mean, get around those precious babies and have fun. You know what I'm saying? Like, but to pour into each other. In fact, here's the way it's put Moses in Deuteronomy, and then I'll be done. Deuteronomy, last scripture, verse 30. This literally is right before Moses dies. In chapter 31, they are putting in Joshua. Moses is like, I'm too old for this. I'm going to give you Joshua. And Joshua showed up in the scene back in a battle, and it's a really cool story where they were lifting up Moses' arm. And while they were lifting up Moses' arm, God was providing, and whenever his arms were dropping, they were losing. Well, the person in the middle of the battle that was leading the army was Joshua. So he'd learned from the very beginning that when you fight your battles, you don't do it by yourself. It all depends on the Lord. And that's the reason why God put him in charge. And that's the reason why he defeated those kings. 
But listen to what Moses said at the end of his life. It starts in verse 15. See, I have, excuse me, see, I've set before you today life and good, death and evil. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I commanded you today by loving the Lord your God, by walking in his ways, and by keeping his commandments and his statutes and his rules, then you shall live and multiply. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you're entering to take possession of it. But if, you, if your heart turns away and you will not hear, but are drawn away to worship other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not live long in the land that you are going over the Jordan to enter and possess. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. I'm going to give you a real quick history lesson. That scripture right there is the reason why the Jews are still struggling today around Palestine. because they had made a choice to worship other gods. Not all of them, but he didn't keep the statutes. They weren't supposed to merge with the people of the land that they were living in. They weren't supposed to marry those people. But next thing you know, they start marrying those people. Like there's so much more to the story that I don't have time to tell you as far as this biblical account. But I want you to know, listen, here's the last thing. You have to make a choice, and the choice literally, it's about life or death. It's about curse or blessing. See, when I'm telling you who you're gonna trust, who you're gonna serve, those things are two heavenly aspects that God is the answer. And who are you gonna walk with? Yes, I know. Everybody has read the poem of the footprints in the sand, and that is so sweet. But what I'm talking about is the aspect that the people you run with is who you're gonna become. Like I'll tell students all the time, I can tell you who you're going to be. Why? Because I can look at who you're running with. Like it's not that hard. All I got to do is see who you're running with, where you're going, and what you're doing, and I can tell you more about yourself than you ever want me to tell you. And it's all boiled down to a choice, and the choice is bigger than this. The choice is simply this. You just need to decide. You're going to choose life or you're going to choose death. You're going to choose blessings or you're going to choose curse. You say, Mickey, boy, this sounds a whole legalistic. Are you telling me I got it right? No, no, no. We live in grace. Here's the amazing thing. Just like a minute ago, I was excited talking about all of our pregnant ladies and, and newly married couples and, and those that are engaged and getting married in the next few weeks. Listen, everybody in the room that's already had children, already married, they live in grace. Like the reason why their marriage is strong is not because either one of them really brought something really amazing to the marriage. What they brought to the marriage is a trust and a love for Jesus and that he would be the priority in their life. Why? Because I don't know about you, but if you've never been married, they didn't come with a manual. Like, here's all I knew. I knew that, man, that, that girl right there, Amy Lou, like, I want to spend the rest of my life with her. Praise the Lord that she was more committed than me. Because if I'd have been married to myself, I'd have been like, dude, you're on your own. <laughs> like, you are not very good at this. Why? I ain't never done it. With having kids, my kids are like, oh, you, Brian, you just spoiled Brian. She's the baby. No, it took me four kids to realize what it meant to be a parent. I'd never done it before. 
Like you, you don't understand. Poor Easton, man, it, it was like there was a curfew and all this other. By the time Brick came, we're like, dude, I don't care what you're doing. You're fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Daddy, can I go stay the night with a friend? Well, I know you're six, but hey, might as well learn now. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Me and mom can have a date night. Go ahead and have a ball, you know? I mean, like you're, you're figuring things out. Easton would drop his passy. We would either throw it away or boil it. Brynn would drop her passy. I'd pick it up, lick it myself, and stick it back in her mouth. <laughs> Parents, tell me if I'm lying. Why? Because you figure things out. You realize things aren't that big of a deal. I'm 49 years old, and yes, there's been times where I've dropped food on the floor, and I go, man, I, I, I'm eating that. And people are like, that's disgusting. I'm like, yeah, but that, I, I mean, I just finished grilling that steak. And I, did, I mean, like, I'm eating that steak. And I've learned that it, it hadn't killed me. But it's one of those things that, like, you learn different things. Why? Because of your choices. Now, can I be serious for just a second? Is there really anything that we don't know about this life? Like, is there anything that I've said today that you go, oh, man. Well, now, I've never heard that. So it leaves me with one last question. If it's so obvious, why do we choose the whirlwind? Like it's mind blowing to me. Like we'll get in here and we'll laugh and we'll cut up and we'll worship and we'll spend time in his word and we leave here and we're like, man, that is, yeah, we'll talk, talk about it at lunch. But it's one of those things, but when it's all said and done, like, is there anything that's surprising to us other than the fact that we're habitual at making poor decisions? And I want to tell you why. Because most people believe in God, but they never trust him. And I can tell you that because when things happen in their life, they take the credit and they don't give him the credit. Most people accept Christ as their Lord and Savior, but they never serve him. You say, what gives you the right to say that? Because I see what people spend all their time with. You want to know why we have dream teams here at Crossroads? You want to know why we do serve days? Because it's essential. You've got to choose what you're going to serve. You say, what's the root of all of it, Mickey? The people you're running with. Well, thank you for joining us. It's always a privilege and an honor. You can get more information about the church at crossroadscommunitychurch.com. But I want to make you aware of a situation. We are moving forward in our ministry here in Cleveland, Tennessee, and throughout the Southeast and wherever God will allow us to go. And we love the fact that you're involved through these podcasts. And just want to give you an opportunity. If you would be interested, we would love for you to help support this ministry. We're getting ready to have a major emphasis in purchasing our first piece of property. And we would love for you to join with us in that. You can go to crossroadscommunitychurch.com and click on the Give button. And anything that you give, 100% of it will go to supporting the ministries of Crossroads Community Church, in particular this new Dream Center. 
As always, know that I love you. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you so much for joining us. Until next time, be blessed.